Barefoot Baby. We in here, yeah, we in here. Y'all better get comfortable with saying black. We in here, yeah, we in here. Black versus the Board of Education. Cause we came here, we're in us now. We in here, yeah, we in here. Cause we came here, we're in us now. And you know, we in here, we in here. Cause we in That's why we are indeed a whole mood. That's it. One time for the one time. It is Black versus the Board of Education. My name is Miss Lorene, and we welcome you into this space. Y'all, we got a good one today. D2 Dust Up. We have our special guest running for District 2, Miss Veronica's in the building. Yeah, you can give it all up for her. Um, this is the kickoff to our civic engagement series where we're kind of rubbing elbows with folks that are running to lead us in certain areas of the city. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to incorporate some of the folks running down in L.A. because I know Melissa would love to talk to them. So as we get started, as always, we kick it to our co-hosts to let them introduce themselves. And I don't see them on the screen yet because they ain't here. Um, and we're going to wait for them to pop up because, oh, there they go. Hey, hey. We're going to go ahead and start with Miss Anaya. Go ahead and introduce yourself to our candidate and to our audience. And let's get the party started. Okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Anaya, and I'm currently a freshman at Sydney Howard University. Fantastic. Um, we're going to bring it back to the studio. We're going to uh, go ahead and let our newbie uh, introduce himself. Go ahead and say what's up. What's going on? My name is Dominic Mahalan. I go by Don. Oh, that's very nice. It is. Okay. <laughs> okay. And Adrian. Hello. My name is Adrian, and it's a great Monday because the Niners are going to the Super Bowl. Oh, Lord. My horns. <laughs> Uh-uh. <laughs> Why you hit them with the crickets, though? <laughs> that ain't right. <laughs> but uh, congratulations to your Niners. I, I know that if uh, Jalen was on here, he'd be hating um, because he's very disappointed that his Lions didn't advance. But, you know, we'll, we'll send him some love, too, because he left us and went on to San Francisco. Oh, he went to San Francisco. I wonder how he's feeling today. Oh, Lord. Um, Melissa, hey, hey, hey. Hi everyone, my name is Melissa and I am a senior in Southern California. Did you get any more acceptance letters that we need to know about? I actually did. Hampton emailed me right before we went on. I got into Hampton. All right, so that's uh, Spelman, that's Sac State, that's Hampton, that's USC. USC. And did I miss any? Um, that, I think I have like five. Okay, I got four, but okay, we'll figure out where. Miss Lisa said, let's go, Melissa. Let's go, let's go. Thank you, thank you. Sending love as always. But we're going to get right to it because we have our special guest, and I'm going to let you introduce yourself before we start throwing questions at you because it's just customary here. So why don't you go ahead and let them know who you are and what yes. we're talking about today. Yes, I am Veronica Smith. You're going to have to get in the microphone, my love. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am Veronica Smith, and I am running for Sacramento City Council District 2. And thank you all for having me on today. We are so excited to have you here. You know, I've been talking mess about District 2, um, and not the district itself, but mm -hmm. the, the previous representative, um, because I wasn't too happy with him after he uh, kind of gaslit the youth in the city council meeting. Um, but we're interested to know, like, there's a lot of candidates popping up in District 2. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to start first, and then I'm going to kick it to, to my co-host. Um, what makes you, what distinguishes you 
from the field, if you will. Okay, so in a field of, what do we have, nine candidates, I think so. What distinguishes me from, and I have to separate Roger Dickinson from everybody else? Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, speak, speak candidly, like we, we can go jump on anything. But. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Roger Dickinson is a career politician. Mm -hmm. um, he's been around for a long time. He is the familiar name um, to many. Um, and then there's the rest. So the rest of the candidates, you know, they're from the community. Um, they've served in different capacities in the community, all doing great work love their community but i think that what really sets me apart is my knowledge of policies mm -hmm. my understanding of the distinction between city manager versus mayor versus council and uh, the inner workings of city hall and how things get advanced at the community level and so i think that, that what that's what sets me apart from all of those running just because of my um, experience both at the city level, the county level, public, private, nonprofit. Gotcha. Um, Melissa. Hi, nice to meet you. Um, since we don't know too much about you, I want to know what inspired you to run? Uh, a combination of things inspired me. I never, never, I always said I would never um, <laughs> jump into the political arena because it's nasty, as you all are seeing. It's, um, you know, a, a lot of things get thrown at you when you decide to jump into a race. Mm -hmm. um, so I've always been, you know, the person behind the scenes, um, helping to advance things in community. But what really inspired me was what happened with this seat was after the first candidate forum, I had people from the community coming to me mm -hmm. and asking me if I would consider running for the district two seat just because they've been, you know, familiar with me, familiar with my work in the community. And quite frankly, people just were not comfortable with what they were seeing as their potential representation. Okay. Thank you. Um, so this is kind of a two-part question. Uh, how long have you lived in District 2? Um, I've lived in District 2 for roughly um, three months. Okay. However, I've worked in the community yeah. for over a decade. Okay, so have you seen any challenges in those three months that District 2 is facing? Or are you still trying to learn about them? No, I'm pretty familiar um, with the challenges. So I had the opportunity to work with the uh, both of the last two council members, both um, Council Member Maloney, um, as well as uh, the former council member, Alan Warren. So I know them both, I worked with them both. So I'm very familiar with the challenges and issues in um, the District 2 community in the North Sacramento area. Ms. Anaya? So my question is, what would you like to accomplish if elected? There are several things that I would like to accomplish. Loaded question. <laughs> if elected, um, so where do I begin? Um, obviously, we know that homelessness is a number one issue for um, the state, the city, district too. Um, but let me just start with just at a more um, global level. Mm -hmm. District two has um, 
seeing significant challenges. It is a community that has been, um, I'll just say left behind for many, many years. And a lot of people don't understand um, the history of what happened in North Sacramento with the, um, North Sacramento used to be its own city. And in, I believe 1964, it was um, annexed into the city of Sacramento. And that really is one of the uh, pivotal things that began the decline of that area. So you also had the um, construction of the 80 freeway. Fast forward, you have the closing of McClellan Air Force Base. So there's a lot of things that um, have been layered on to what we see as it relates to the District 2 that we see today versus the District 2 that existed in, you know, prior to 1960. Mm -hmm. Sir? Uh, I think this is what she's saying about the Air Force Building and the Air Force Building. Okay. Just seeing it for myself, I mean, that's just a real, real costly thing because we have different aspects of the community that people don't really pay attention to and i think just looking at it from that box gave why you said he was trying to figure out if you got a question i did i was saying i was saying because like that was something like as a kid like being a military kid that's like yeah i'm looking forward to you know my dad so that was just a personal thing um but my main question is like since you're on the other side what is the difference to like, because you said you were working with the city, how does that put you in a, in a different space of mind to put your best foot forward with the campaign and stuff like that? Just having had the opportunity to see how things get done, how to see um, and have the opportunity to understand policy process and how it impacts the community, both positively and negatively. And I'll give you an example. A lot of people think that decisions are made during city council meetings. And so people will come to a city council meeting, um, give their two minutes, and try to advocate for things that they want to see in the community, not understanding that the process typically started months before something got to city council. So. That is something that is critical. People don't understand the process. Mm -hmm. You'll continue to get left behind. And that's what we've seen um, in many segments of the District 2 community, unfortunately. Yeah, and, and you know, I just want to welcome everybody who's just now joining us. This is our Civic Engagement Series kickoff. We are have entitled this episode, D2 Dust Up. We have City Council uh, candidate for District 2, Veronica Smith, here with us. And, you know, as you're talking about District 2 and um, you talked about uh, it being left behind. Now, for, for us on, on the South side, right, the only thing that, that comes to mind when I hear about District 2 is Grant High School. Mm -hmm. um, and then outside of Grant High School, you when you're going down Del Paso, you see that there has been um, a lot of disinvestment in the area. Mm -hmm. and, but you also see that they're starting to I don't know if they're trying to reinvest or you have like different things like go to one, just, you know, put up a, a banking center there. You have um, the uh, Urban League that's there. And so I'm wondering, 
Um, are you looking at other types of projects that you're interested in bringing to D2? And what do you think that would mean for the community? Yes, absolutely. I think one of the things that we desperately need um, is more industry. We need more jobs. We need more opportunities. Um, and so that is one of the things that would be a priority for me as well. Um, because people who live there need to have the opportunity to be employed there and open more businesses there. So that's definitely something that would be a focus um, for me. We know that we have a significant number of nonprofits um, in the district, uh, but we need more if we're going to sustain the district, mm -hmm. be a self-sustaining district, which is very important. Yeah, of course. Um, and if you are in the comments or you're watching us and you have a question for uh, Kenneth Smith, please go ahead and put that in the chat and we will make sure that uh, she gets to it. Uh, Melissa, it's on you. So Anaya asked the question, what do you hope to accomplish? And you said you have a list of a few different things. Which one is your main priority, the thing that you think is the most important, and how do you plan to tackle that? Um, and I realized I didn't finish the answer um, <laughs> to that, to that <laughs> earlier question. Um, but I really think that um, the most important for District 2 is community empowerment and education, first and foremost. Because if people don't understand how things happen and why things happen, they'll, their contribution to the movement won't really move the needle. So I think it's very important that people understand what's happening behind the scenes or underneath the surface. And when there's an opportunity to fully engage, thoroughly in, engage the entire district, then that is where we can move on to tackle the priorities around mental health and homelessness and blight mm -hmm. um, and illegal dumping and vacant lots. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Um, thank you. Um, as a, I'm interested in what got you into politics. Were you always interested as a kid, or did you just when you got to Sacramento, you kind of grew into it? Um, I stumbled. I stumbled into it honestly. Um, so after working, so I was working for the county of Sacramento in the economic development department, and what I noticed was happening in the city. Um, there were a lot of people who looked like me starting to be elected in the city of Sacramento. So at that time, I was looking at former Mayor Kevin Johnson. Um, Alan Warren had just been elected. Rick Jennings had been elected. And so... Um, and there I, was one more out of uh, the South Bend Park. Oh, yeah. So Larry, mm -hmm, Larry Carr um, was there. And so I was looking at a city that looked more like me versus... You know, in the county, um, you know, they're, they're, the representation just yeah. wasn't there. And so what attracted me to the city of Sacramento was seeing people that looked like me on the diet. Now, I still wasn't interested in being a city council person, but I just wanted to have the opportunity to work in that space under those individuals. You know, proximity is, is, is important to me. And so an opportunity... Um, came open for me to apply to the city of Sacramento Economic Development Department um, and 
the rest is history. So then I started, you know, paying attention, observing, still didn't want to do this. Um, but I told you, yeah. Miss <laughs> Anaya. <laughs> So you previously mentioned that you worked with two people who formerly held um, the office position. I just want to know, did you hold a position to be able to work with them? And then also, what was the work that you did alongside them? Yes, yeah, so for um, Councilmember Alan Warren, I actually worked in the Economic Development Department, but I was assigned to District 2. So that's how I got to know um, Councilmember Warren, and that's where I started to um, have my first real exposure to what was happening in the District 2 community, and that was back in 2013. Um, fast forward to the most recent um, council person, Lowy. Um, I actually met him when I worked with Alan Warren because he was opening up grocery stores in the District 2 community, which at the time was a food desert. And so the community was saying, you know, they wanted a safe way, they wanted a rally. So going back to my point around empowerment and economic empowerment and education, I had to um, educate some community leaders on how grocery stores like Safeway and Rayleigh and Whole Foods and Trader Joe's site. They look at things such as employment, um, or income education. And so you don't just say, I want a Safeway or a Trader Joe's in my community and expect them to come. So I had to explain to the community that well, we have an operator that is operating, you know, a couple miles from Marysville Boulevard. So I reached out to him um, and that's how I met former council member Maloey, AKA the owner of Viva Supermarket. Um, Fast forward to 2020, I get a call from Councilmember Lavoe, who was elected, so he beat out, he defeated Alan Warren. We had a previous relationship from me helping him open up his um, grocery stores in a food desert. He reached out to me by recommendation of people in the community to help him stand up his office once he um, defeated Alan Warren. And so that's how I ended up working with the council member, Maloey, because of a previous relationship as an economic development practitioner mm -hmm. of, of helping him open up a, a full service grocery store in a food desert in Del Paso Heights. Yeah. Uh, so here. <laughs> so and, are you. <laughs> and break down. That was a good question tonight. Um, mine is kind of simple. I, I think what's was really been something that you look forward to since you've been here and actually enjoying this ride because I'm interested in that. Something that I've been looking forward to since I've been running as a candidate? Um, I need to be over. <laughs> that part. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think everything is a learning lesson. Every experience just makes you stronger irrespective of what you go on to do, in my opinion. So it's the, it's the lesson, because throughout all of this, I'm going to take this lesson and turn it into another success. I love that. So, I mean, 
I'm just going to ask you because I keep seeing stuff on social media mm -hmm. and there are a few memes going around um, and a couple of them are alluding to the fact that um, you don't live in District 2. Mm -hmm. So would you like to clear that up um, for the folks who may be watching mm -hmm. and who have this question about where did you come from? Like, mm -hmm. You know, and I, I've seen some of them, but I'm going to let you answer that one and I'm going to ask you my other stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, first and foremost, if I did not live in District 2 per the law, I would not be on the ballot, mm. first and foremost. Um, and so I'm an open book. I already knew what I was going to get hit with. Mm -hmm. And so there that is there. <laughs> um, and then I'm, I'm looking at this other one and it basically is like a I don't know if it's like a Simpson character and the bartender is uh, is throwing out Shonda Lowy and then as they're looking out there's you standing behind the bartender mm -hmm. so I don't know if they're trying to say that you're a reincarnation of uh, Lowy or I don't know what this is trying to say but have you seen this and what is your response um, no, I haven't seen it because I, it's so much negativity out there and it's, these are distractions. You know, people Absolutely. are looking to um, distract and it's unfortunate. I just feel bad for them because clearly whoever is doing these memes are probably new to the district themselves, mm. maybe new to the city themselves. And so they have no idea who I am, what my track record actually is and why the people of district two who I've chosen to put on my website as my endorsers. What's most important are the people that live there that vote, that have been there. And so to me, I don't know, I don't have time to, um, for child's play. So I couldn't tell you what it's supposed to mean, but clearly whoever did it does not know me, does not know my track record or my history in the district and um, I'll pray for them. <laughs> Melissa, she said something, I saw her mouth moving. People have too much time on their hands. That's exactly. <laughs> way too much time. Do you have a question, Nola? Because it's back to you. Yeah, I do have a question. Um, you mentioned diversity or like representation and how that kind of played a part in you getting into politics. Why overall do you think that representation in the in politics, but in like all spaces is important? Well, let me explain what I mean in this instance when I say representation. You know, you all as you are, um, I'm super proud of you all. You're here, you are participating in this opportunity that you've been given. You, you're representing yourselves, you're representing us at a standard that makes me proud of you all. So when I say rep representation as it relates to this District 2 seat, which is only 16% and a quarter black people, I'm saying representation because the way you all are representing the youth is what District 2 needs in a candidate that is just happens to be Black mm. to represent a diverse district of people, given that the minority in a formerly predominantly Black community, that doesn't exist today. So representation is about a standard of excellence that has to be delivered first and foremost 
for all people. Adrian? Um, so as you, still trying to get a question, sorry. Anaya, do you have your question ready? Yes. Um, so I wanted to ask if there is something that the last person who held office implemented that you wanted to change or that you wanted to add on to. Yes, there are several things that I would like to add on to. So for all of the, the negative that is out there about the previous person um, that was in this office, there are some really significant things that were started under his watch and that I assisted with that are major economic impact drivers for the district. So one of the things, and you all might have seen some things on TV last week as it relates to um, a film project that is could potentially be cited at Cal Expo, which would be hundreds of jobs, um, millions of dollars in economic impact, and tons of opportunity for the youth in District 2 and people in District 2. That is one project that, whether elected or not, I'll be vested in seeing it through the finish line and doing what I can do to see that project be a success because that is the epitome of what District 2 needs more of. And so as you're talking about District 2, can you kind of give us an idea of what it covers? Mm -hmm. So I heard you say Cal Expo. We mm -hmm. know about Del Paso Heights, but what the vast uh, mm -hmm. space that it covers? Yes. So District 2 um, is actually comprised of about 21 neighborhoods. So with the redistricting process, um, it now, to break it down by points of interest, it begins um, at Art Mall, okay. but really Ethan to the east. And if you're on leaving downtown and you get on the 160, it'll spit you out on Del Paso Boulevard, which is Woodlake. Mm -hmm. So that would be the south. And then it, from going north, it would end at the 80, just after the 80 freeway. Okay. So if you think of a point. So of is it, that business yeah, 80 business or business. interstate 80? <laughs> you know, because we got two. So which one is it? <laughs> um, so that would be. Is that North Highland? Where, interstate. Yeah, interstate 80. So it would, it's adjacent to. So if, if you're familiar with North Highland, so it would end at McClellan. Okay. And I left one side. Um, uh, west. So west would be uh, Norwood. Norwood, because after Norwood is Northgate. So I always try to find familiar. Okay. So 65,000 people in the district, 65,000 people in the district. So it is um, a pretty big area. Some of it has been because of redistricting, some of district two is now in district one, which would be, you know, your Natomas area. So it's complex. So a lot of people don't realize because they just hear Del Paso Heights or they hear um, Woodlake. A lot of people don't even know that Cal Expo and Art Law are in the district. Yeah, I <laughs> so. didn't know that's why I asked you where it's at. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, 
So I, I know that there are a lot of people that want to know about you, mm -hmm. like personal. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're like, where does she come from? Like, she's cute, but where's she been? Like, who is this person? So can you give us some kind of like, your background, your your family old background. Tell me something about you that people don't know, mm -hmm. or that you would like them to know, to get them to understand that you understand what's going on in their lives and their district, mm -hmm. and how you plan to relate to them. Okay, so um, my family. So I've been here since I was about ten years old. So I. We're not gonna say how old we are. Right. <laughs> Just know we went to high school. <laughs> right. Go ahead. So um raised in South Sac. Um went to Valley High School. Uh, went to Sac State. We just gonna get them all in there. <laughs> um did my MBA at National University. Um so I've been around. So have family. So you're not a stranger, basically. No, I'm only a stranger to those who are just now paying attention. <laughs> well, well, right. <laughs> and so do you have like siblings? You know, children? Like what? What? What did? What, what's up with Mister? Yes, I'm the youngest of uh, three. So I have two older sisters who are here in Sacramento as well. I have uh, two children, one boy. One girl and a grandchild. So, um, yeah, I'm not as um, young as people think. I'm, <laughs> and I'm not as young as people think. <laughs> I'm just asking questions. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on, Rick, with your question. So, a lot of you, uh, especially my age, you don't know how old you are. 22. Okay. We don't know about district representatives. Right, like um, you don't know. A lot of I asked my friends; they didn't even know what district they're in, mm -hmm. and it, one of them didn't even know was split up into districts. Mm -hmm. um, so, can you kind of explain why having a district representative is so important mm -hmm. uh, yeah. in the community? And just FYI, a lot of adults don't know yeah. who their district representative is, <laughs> <laughs> or and they don't know. Many people don't even know that there are districts, FYI. So you're ahead of uh, some of the curve already. Um, but it is important to um, know who your district representative is, to develop a relationship with them, because that is how you get the things that you want to see in your neighborhood, in your city. So at every level, whether it's city council person, County Board of Supervisors, which is off a lot of people's radar, but actually more important, in my opinion, than the city council person. Um, so if there are things that you want to see, the district representative at every level, from school board to the president to a degree, but most importantly at the local level, you want to know who that person is, how they're representing your views, and it's important to engage with them as often as you possibly can, especially if you are interested in what's happening in your community, if you're interested in moving the needle on things that are important to you. In all politics is local. So I know she mentioned um, the president. 
all your politics that you're going to have to do the, the laws that you're going to have to abide by um, that affect your daily life happens at the local level just so you know yeah oh you learned it early <laughs> okay um, um, my question is um, when it comes to the community and like you said what you've been here um, tell us a little bit about what you experienced growing up in the area and how that has helped you transition to where you're at now. Mm -hmm. So I would say that I am um, very familiar to a lot of the challenges and the things that people desire for themselves and their family. You know, I didn't come from money. I came from a you know, my, my, my single mom who did her best to uh, raise three girls. Um, and so I think that one of the things that I saw growing up was that I wanted more for myself, for my children, for my grandchildren. You know, my mother did the best that she could with what she had, as did her mother and mother's mother. So for me, um, I was inspired by what my potential could be for my feet. And then now it's about for generations to come, whether they're related to me or not. It's so much, once I learned um, this game, once I learned how things are done and how we're impacted, whether we're participating or not, that's what really um, inspired me because I didn't come from this. I didn't, I wasn't in a civically engaged household. Um, we weren't, you know, taught that I wasn't taught who my district representatives were. <laughs> I wasn't encouraged to vote any of, any of that. And so um, that's why this work is so important to me. And that's why who is in seats should be important to us all. And having the right person in seats that understands and gets it is important. Important to me, and I want to put that forward as, as as best as I can. And what she's saying is, should be important to uh, <laughs> nice. Okay, so going back to family, I just want to know how your the family values that you have um, will influence your decisions on family related issues as a city council member or as a candidate. Hmm. That's a good question. Yeah. So I think that one of the things that I would like to see more of are programs that are family, about family. You know, we see a lot of youth programs, um, which are great, but a lot of times there's things happening in the home with someone's mother or father or the lack of there being a mother or a father that's impacting that youth's ability to grow. And so um, there are, I've seen models of family-driven type of programs that require participation at multiple levels. And I think that there can be a lot of change made if there are more programs that are taking on entire families. Just because so much, as you all know, um, happens when one leaves their program and goes home. What happens inside of those doors? 
there's only so much that we can do to impact or disrupt. And so I think that, you know, getting back to the family structure and helping entire families is critical. And so that's something that I would be interested in helping to shape um, as a as a council member. Because I have a question about the uh, youth investment or lack thereof. Um, but before I get to my question, you have one in the chat that says, could you speak on the hardest thing you have had to persevere through and how did you get past it? In life or so not just, I think it's, uh, I think it's just sure. Let's do life. Uh, Is it life, Carla? I don't know. The hardest thing that I've had to well, you just did the same question. Um, okay. right. So let's let's do two parts, right? Uh, in life, mm -hmm. and then let's do during your campaign. Okay. So in life, I would probably say becoming a single mother. So divorce becoming a, a, a single mother and having to reinvent myself as I knew myself when I was married to my children's father. Okay. You said life. <laughs> <laughs> we got you, bro. We got you. You said life. We, cut, we got it covered. <laughs> and with this campaign, the hardest thing that you had to persevere? I think the hardest thing that I'm having to persevere through coming in so late is it's an uphill battle. And what the, the hardest thing I think is with nine candidates and with I think what six being African-American, black, we, when we don't understand how we split the vote and we end up getting the person who would have been the minority um, who would have been the minority yeah. as it relates to popularity. What we're doing right now is going to, it's counterproductive to what we all want. And mm -hmm. so that's the hardest thing for me right now because when people don't get it, when people don't understand what it means to run for office, split the vote. And put a pin in that, do, do you understand what she's talking about when she says split the vote? I do not. Okay, so <laughs> before you keep talking, because I want to make sure we all on the same page. So with six candidates that are black, right? Um, normally, people, especially the Democratic Party, depends on the black vote. The black vote normally is going going to one particular candidate. Um, now, with six black candidates, the the likelihood of the vote being split between this black population is very high because everybody's going to vote for whoever it was that maybe said something that they liked. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about, splitting okay. the vote. Go ahead, I'm sorry. So that's the hardest thing for me is to know what is happening and know that there are people who don't understand what's happening because for many it's a popularity contest versus a who can do the job and represent us and help us all advance our agenda contest, unfortunately. 
So that's that's the hardest thing for me, just seeing this all play out, just knowing what mm -hmm. what you know how how this has gone historically <laughs> in areas such as um, District Two, unfortunately. Yeah, and I wanted to I looked it up while we were talking because I know I gave an example, but I want to give the definition. It says is an electoral effect in which the district uh, distribution of votes amongst multiple similar candidates reduces the chance of winning for any of the similar candidates and increases the chance of winning for a dissimilar candidate. Yeah. <laughs> and typically the, the dissimilar candidate who is the typically the career politician is banks on something like this. They understand it. And so while what we see with me since it was brought up so i'm gonna just respond like the way i want to respond and so that you all can <laughs> to get it because this is, <laughs> this is you know it's all about educating right um but what's even worse in this situation is to have other black people attacking a black candidate mm -hmm. especially a black woman so it's just it saddens me to see black men and black women targeting just being ugly and nasty for whatever reason because that hurts us all it makes us all look bad and then it has you know people who maybe don't look like us looking at us like oh, exactly mm -hmm. and then you know some of some of those you know more sophisticated folks are like well let me just go and get that this this guy that doesn't look like us my vote because this is just a, a mess a hot mess yeah. Yeah, I, I would say so. I would say so. That's why it's important to get to know um, your candidate. And, and I just have to ask because um, did you declare before some of these other candidates or did everybody come in at the same time, these, these different candidates, the six or whoever we're talking about? Um, the last two people to come into the race was... Um, oh, yeah, so... Um, Where were you in the line? <laughs> I was, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I just know who was there, mm -hmm. and then there was that final like, um, push mm -hmm. before the deadline. Yeah, so mm -hmm. I only know who was there before, so I don't know like what order yeah. the, the the final four came or final three. So. And you guys, do you understand that when people are filing for office or their intention to run, there is a deadline that they have to complete? Yeah. And so I, I think it's very interesting because I, you know, I've, I've seen some of, of the talk, right? And um, I'm not 100% familiar with the North area. I'm not, um, but I'm, I'm looking at it and um, I do see some women saying certain things. And it was, it was kind of um, harsh. Mm -hmm. And so how is, how is your mental, when you're hearing these things about you, how is your mental state and do you think that if it ever got to a point that it was overly affecting you, would you just pull the plug or are you going to keep, keep it going to the wheels fall off? Um, so for me, you know, we as Black people have a lot of trauma that impacts or influences the things that we do. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, because I'm gone through a lot like mentally i'm just not 
affected by a lot of things, especially things that happen on social media. Mm -hmm. Because it's like I tell my kids, stay off social media. Like, why Don't even? Read the <laughs> <laughs> right. Why are you responding to that? Why are you? So that's where I am mentally in my headspace. It's like I'm too grown for certain things and too. Um, I depend on God too much to let certain things impact me mentally, especially things on social media. But does it impact your children when they're reading or seeing or your, your nieces and nephews? Um, does it impact them to see these things said about you? It it does, but I, I spoke to them both before I even got in this seat and I asked them what did they think because I was like, you know, that it gets ugly. And so if my kids had not been supportive, um I wouldn't have done this so but you know they're adults now so they were like do it we, yeah, we is adult. he's he'll be 18 and yeah so he's graduating so <laughs> yes he's graduating he's <laughs> What do you think you would be doing if you were not doing politics? Um, well, what I'm doing today. So this isn't, you know, you don't, I'm not being paid to run <laughs> for office. So I do have a, uh, <laughs> right. So I do have a day job. Um, I do have like multiple, I wear multiple hats. So what I will be doing, whether elected when I'm elected, even beyond I, when I'm elected or not, is um, helping other people um, advance their agendas and visions in the city of Sacramento and statewide. And so one of the things that um, I do is advise other people on community and economic development projects or how to engage community. Um, and so I'll be doing that, you know, until I decide to retire again. <laughs> and you also have the Dress for Success, right? Are you still doing that? Um, so Dress for Success is winding down. So I did that. Well, I shouldn't say it that way. It is in a reinvention phase and other people are coming in to um take it to its next level. So, you know, I did it for, I've been doing it for 10 years. Um, and the way that I desire to impact women and girls has shifted from when I um, stumbled onto um, that mission. So things will look, look different and it'll be more, um, everything that I do when I wake up, I say, you know, how can I impact people and how many people can I impact today and so it's an end of an era and it's time to go into the next phase of my work and my mission around um, helping women and girls. Ms. Anaya? Okay so I just wanted to go back to um, Adrian's first question about you said you've been living in the district for three months. I wanted to ask there was a certain reason you decided to move in the district or you just happened to be here and you decided to run? Oh, no. So one of the requirements um, to run for a district, at least in the city of Sacramento, um, you have to reside in that district. And so I had to make a sacrifice 
sacrificed a lot of things to, you know, once I considered um, taking this on. Um, and so that's why, um, part of why I live in the district. So if you weren't running, would you have moved to the district or you would have stayed wherever you were at? Um, well, interesting, before I, um, I had been looking to buy a home in District 2 for quite some time, even before I bought the home that I own out of area. Um, so um, now, you know, the real estate market is what it is. <laughs> so, so I probably should have um, sold in the summer when the market was super hot and um, I could have made a lot of money. So now in terms of um, buying, you know, I, I mean, buying something new, selling, I don't plan to do that. And even, you know, with adult kids and building wealth, you know, one of the biggest ways that we build wealth is through real estate. Mm -hmm. um, and so while I'm looking to buy um, other properties, and yeah, yes, with an S, and I encourage you all to uh, be interested in, <laughs> in real estate and be thinking about how you can build wealth. Um, because it's very important. But going back to the question, um, I've been looking for homes in the district for quite some time. And so there's this influence of me to make a faster move. But um, my vision is, is big. <laughs> and I encourage you all to have big dreams and big vision. So that's a long answer to the question, but hopefully it, it answered it. So yes and yes. Yes and yes. Uh, thank you. Um, so, with you running and you've talked about how hectic it is and how it can get ugly, um, but luckily you were strong enough to deal with it. How do you separate your political life from your personal life? Well, you're doing that because you, <laughs> um, you have to have good time management and um, project management, and you have to have a, a strong team of people um, around you to properly managed. And so, you know, carving out time for self-care is uh, huge. Like tonight, you know, I'm taking my son to dinner, taking a, a night off just to um, connect with him because I'm like, okay, it's, I've been on grind mode, so let me take care of this part of my personal life. So you manage it. <laughs> Uh, having people who um, weren't initially supporting me sit down with me, get to know me, and become my supporter. So unity is big for me, and I think that I always appreciate people who take the time to reach out to me to get to know me, or if they had a misunderstanding or if they heard something about me. I think one of the, the, the proudest moments or um, one of the things that has just been very fulfilling is having people come to me, sit down with me and say, oh, we actually appreciate you, have the same views, we're gonna support you. So that unity, I think District 2 needs more unity, you know, as a community, um, comprised of so many district neighborhoods that a lot of people don't know that exist. It's like, how does, how do we look at this as one? You know, everybody can win. 
And so having people, um, you know, embrace me because they were misinformed or whatever, I think that that's been just a beautiful thing. Um, my, my other question for you, and I, I just want to know, and I hope I don't lose it while I'm trying to formulate it into words. Um, as you're coming in, right, and we know about the disinvestment in certain neighborhoods, you said 21, that, that this district comprises, but in those 21 neighborhoods, there are some that really have not gotten any investment at all. So how um, prepared are you to you know, hit the ground running and fight for those districts to be, finally get their justice. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that it, to a large degree, comes down to being a good steward of what you are working with on behalf of the entire district. Um, and so that is how I'm prepared, just knowing the, the pockets um, that exist within the community that people have never heard of. Like I was, you know, walking in, in Parker Homes yesterday, um, the Parker Homes area. And so, um, as well as, you know, Robles, people aren't familiar with just how, um, just how severe it is in certain areas that many people who live there, they don't even know these areas exist. So a lot of people here don't have Heights, they'll pass a Heights. Well, there's other neighborhoods within the district that if people's people in some of these other areas look at Del Paso Heights as the rich area because they are close to more services than other people are who are just think about someone who's closer to McCullough. Mm -hmm. What's there? And so the for the people that are living in that area of the district, they look at Del Paso Heights as you know they they have it all. But it's all a matter of perspective because there's always someone worse off than you are. But when we are just so ingrained and entrenched in what we see, we have no ability to see how, well, someone else might be suffering much more than you are. You're blessed compared to how some people, um, how some people's experience is. And so how prepared are you to fight for those areas once you are in a position to do so because that's the point of having an elected representative is that they go in and they know okay you've already toured this, this during your campaign you've already toured the areas that need the most investment how prepared are you to get in there and start you know throwing some chairs making sure some of these people get what they need to be successful in their area? i would say that i'm 100 percent prepared because i didn't discover these areas while walking on the okay. campaign trail so these are things that just having been on the inside working and seeing, these are things that I was already familiar with. So I didn't just stumble upon a new neighborhood. Like mm -hmm. many, many of the candidates aren't walking. So they don't even know what's in the district. So I would say that I'm 100% prepared because I've been seeing it and seeing that it's not been equitable within the district. Melissa? We run, we're, we're winding down, so we, we got about five minutes left. Um, if you have a question, I'm going to call on you. You can tell me whether you do or not, and if not, we'll go ahead and pass. I, I honestly don't have a question. Uh, I think I got everything answered. This was really, really interesting. Thank you. Anaya. 
So you previously mentioned that, um, well, I just know that running is a lot and that you said you had to make sacrifices. How has your family been there to support you or any support system you've had? How have those people been there to support and encourage you? Um, I would say that I have a team, a core team of people that check on me every day to make sure that I'm doing okay, to make sure that I'm eating, taking my vitamins. Um, and so that circle of, of women, um, as well as my pastor, have been um, my core um, in getting me you know, mentally prepared every day to, to fight. Or no, I don't like the word fight. The champion. Yeah. Yeah. So I was looking this up earlier and I kind of got confused on it. So I was just asking, can you explain kind of how they're doing this election since Son Lolo's resigned? Are they doing something different to where like they're taking up his seat? No, well, TBD, TBD. So they're going to okay. see what happens with the primary. And if there's a candidate that gets 51 plus percent of the vote, 51 percent of the vote, then they will appoint that person. If no one gets 51 percent of the vote, what they're going to do is then um, appoint, the mayor will appoint some, someone. So right now, the mayor is the caretaker of um, the seat. And so it's contingent upon. Um, what happens in the primary? And, and so, we can be the caretaker of the seat. That means effectively that District 2 does not have representation right at this moment, and that they're going to wait until March 5th to figure out what's happening. And then, if they don't get 51, then they're going to let y'all continue to duke it out, and then they'll just put somebody else who's not even running in there, or how to. Yeah, so, so right now the mayor is the representative. So if you have questions. Oh, so he has two. Yeah. Yeah. That he represents? Well, he represents the entire city. Okay. He also represents all of the areas that were redistricted. So until um, November 2024, all of the areas that were um, newly redistricted are also covered by the mayor until such time. Um, every so redistricting is yeah, it's the maps that they redraw the lines for each district that is there. So mm -hmm. so pretty much every every. every <laughs> yeah. I have another question too. What has been the best part about living in district two? Um. How close I am to Art Mall, so I don't know if that's the best thing, but not to Art Mall, but like all the food right there. So, um, I, you know, just like California Pizza Kitchen, that uh, that hot, hot something cake, the butter hot cake. butter cake, yeah, <laughs> the butter cake. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that, so that's the good and bad. <laughs> so it's, it's too convenient to food. Well, thank you for spending some time with us. We know it was kind of rapid fire questions at you, but we just wanted to get to know you just a little bit better. Um, but before we get out of here, we got about 30 seconds left, so I'm going to run through all these things that we got coming up. So um, February 7th, 
Right? We are popping off our young adults support network. So if you are between the ages of 18 and 26 and you need just a little bit more guidance, some advice, some uh, real down home conversation, please join me. Um, I will feed you if you're here in the office with me. And we just want to get down to it. And I will tell you what that looks like. I will have a whole plan laid out for you where we're going to tackle some issues because I'm one of those adults that don't think that new adults know what's going on half the time. <laughs> I think some of y'all need some tools. And so we're going to make sure you have some tools in your toolbox. And I'm going to be working with a couple of fellas around here that are over the age of 26 as we can step in to support you all. Um, additionally, February 10th, we have the uh, BGSN Galentine's event. So if you are a young girl, age probably like nine to 18, we are uh, having our annual bash. And I think one year or maybe the last year, I think the first year I did it, we, we had a brunch. So we're going to make sure you have food and we're going to just talk about what it means to show up in this world as a young black girl and the, the importance of building relationships and empowerment. So we're going to do that. And we have our annual paint and sip coming up. I don't have the date because it's not in front of me. But uh, go ahead and check our calendar on our website. And we also have our annual um, open house here at the office. You can see how we've been expanding um, and we can't wait to host you. So with that, we're going to get out of here. I'm going to hit show away. You say we got one more. You got your hand up. Uh, and he's going to put it up there. Okay. So we have a list of events. Um, there they are. The dates are on your screen. For those of you listening, because you are downloading the podcast, that's February 7th for the uh, Young Adult Support Network, February 10th for the Galentine's Brunch, February 24th for the annual Black History Paint and Sip. Hopefully you'll slide through. Um, and February 29th, we have our Black History uh, Month annual open house here at BYLCHQ. So with that, home boys and girls. We're going to hit you with the peace sign. We will catch you here next week at 4.30 PST on YouTube and Facebook. We are Black versus the Board of Education. I believe we have one of the candidates for mayor sliding through. Um, and I can't remember uh, the exact name. Somebody, anybody got it for me? Uh, let me see. It's somewhere over here. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Candidate Jose Avina will be in the building. So. Uh, like I said, we're going to hit you with this peace sign. We'll see you next week. Peace.